Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. You may have heard of an organisation called Shared Lives, and you may have heard of the concept and terminology of shared living. Who is it for? And how does it work? And more so, who pays for it? Kate Morgan from the Camp Hill Village Trust and Shared Lives in Dudley joins me on the line now to tell me all about the work that they've been doing to encourage more black, Asian and ethnic minority people to work with them to support members of the community. Kate, good evening. Hello. Thank you very much for joining me. Kate, tell me about Shared Lives, first of all. Okay, I mean, shared lives isn't very widely known, unfortunately, but we often say as a starting point, it's sometimes described a little bit like foster care for adults, and most people have heard of the foster care model that helps people understand the premise of our work and what we do, but it is so much more than that, because we, um, obviously, we're working with adults, and we're encouraging the people that we support to really take control of their own lives, make their own choices, develop skills and independence, and widen their their social and community networks and to live in the same sort of ordinary life at the heart of the community just like you and I really so it's very much a, a, a model of support of, of family support. And how long has the organisation been running? So Shared Lives has been around in the UK since around since the 1970s um, most local authority schemes up and down the country have got a Shared Lives scheme or most, most local authorities have a Shared Lives scheme um, we, we established in 2017, so we haven't been around as long, um, but when we joined uh, Dudley Council to grow and develop their in-house service from September 2018. So tell me now about the work of the Camp Hill Village Trust and how, how this blends together. So the Campbell Village Trust, um, the organisation, we're a national social care organisation supporting adults with learning disabilities, mental ill health and autism. So we're supporting and encouraging and empowering people to make their own sort of life choices and develop a sense of belonging and community. And up and down the country, um, we have 10 communities supporting around 400 people. Um, and that's either in a supported living setting, a shared life setting, such as in Dudley, or day placement opportunities as well. So tell me about your role within the Trust. What do you do? So my role, I'm the registered manager of the Shared Life Scheme. So here in Dudley, um, I have responsibility for the for the overall running of the scheme and the management of the team of area coordinators who work with me, mm-hmm. and they supervise the Shared Lives carers. And so our role is really all together to work together and, and develop the service, oversee the growth and development, and make sure that we run safely as well. If I was sitting there thinking, well, I wonder if shared lives could help me because, say, for example, I recently widowed or, or you know, what would you say, or, or may have additional needs, for example, um, mm-hmm. you know, what can shared lives do for me? I mean, shared lives is for anyone, really, with an assessed social care need. So um, it's traditionally a service for adults with learning disabilities, but we do know it can work for, for all people, whether that's adults with disabilities, physical disabilities, mental ill health. Um, people with early onset dementia but also for young people as well so um, the key is really about matching and being able to understand the needs of the person wanting the service and matching that person with the shared lives carer based on a whole host of, of things so it's the skills and the experience of the person family home life hobbies and interests of both of both people and it really helps the person have that 
kind of alternative support, a model of support from the traditional residential um, respite or, or day support settings. It's mm. very much a, a, a different form of support and social care. Do you rely on third party referrals or can people make an approach directly to you? Our referrals um, in the main are from local authority, uh, social care teams, social care and health teams. Mm -hmm. However, people can um, and do approach us directly and that might be because they have a personal budget or a direct payment that they have had um, from their local authority to purchase their own services um, or they may have their own funds that they can they can come to us directly for day support or respite. So it can be from all sorts or you know, all parties as long as we can meet that person's needs. Okay, so let's unpick and perhaps drill down some of the things that people can benefit from from shared lives. So talk me through some of the things that, that you do. So, I mean... Shared lives um, support people either on a long-term basis, so that's very much where the person would come and live with one of our families mm-hmm. on a long-term basis. And some of our arrangements have been standing there for 20 or 30 years, so it really is very, very much part of their, their, their family. But it could also just be for short breaks and respite, so that might be, like you just said, family maybe that need a break um, and the, the, their loved one, son, daughter, husband, wife can come to shared lives for a short break or just for day support, and that might be to engage in activities in the local or wider community, but using the carer's home and family as a base. And the support is really, really wide and varied. So it can be from lower level, or just offering support and support and guidance and encouragement to develop kind of key skills, Mm -hmm. right through to personal care for adults with more complex and additional needs. So the person that the individual goes to live with is very closely matched, you know, so so that so they can use those transferable skills and support that individual. Yeah, absolutely. So the the people that we recruit to shared lives carers go through a robust and lengthy assessment process mm-hmm. where we really, really get to know them um, intimately, and we get to learn about their values, their motivation, their skills, their experience. Um, and what kind of person would fit in their household, and so not just based on their, their experience and their skills, but based on you know, their, their family makeup and household makeup. So we really, really look at both sides, the person's needs and what the care is able to offer. And we match sometimes it's based on what kind of um, hobbies and interests they have. You know, it's quite, it, it, it covers all aspects. How are you funded then, Kate? Because this, this comes at a cost, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, so we work in partnership with Dudley Council um, and the health and social care teams across the borough and we're commissioned by the local authority to provide a service. So the funding comes directly from the local authority in most cases. Um, and like I say, when people have their own personal or private budgets, they can come to us and, and, um, and pay privately as, as well. So we're working alongside Dudley um, to, to develop shared lives as an alternative to that traditional long-term hospital residential settings which we know are more costly than shared lives by far so it's very favorable in that sense in terms of the um the savings that that can be made but also the outcomes that Mm. that the people have from from the service far outweigh that also i'm aware of a mnemonic called uh tlap which is think local act personal tell me about that Mm -hmm. So I think Local Up Personal, they're a national um, partnership of organisations who really focus on and, and are committed to transforming health and social care through personalisation. So that's making changes to enable people to have better lives, not better services necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, spanning local central government, working with social care providers, NHS, 
voluntary community sector as well as the people themselves that have that lived experience. So it's really sort of bringing everything together and, and being able to pull out themes and focus and, and support people to live their best life. You've been recognised in a document called Personalisation in Black, Asian and Minority Ethnic Communities. Tell me all about that and what the report's about. Mm-hmm. So we were approached by TLAP um, following the development of our service, um, but particularly the, um, the successful recruitment of black, Asian and minority ethnic carers in the local area. And the report aim was really to find good examples of personalised care and community-based support mm-hmm. for people from ethnically diverse communities. So uh, we're one of 14 organisations featured across um, England that offered services for different cohorts of people, all supporting in a person-centred way, but being really sensitive to um, their backgrounds and beliefs and cultures. Do you find, though, that people from minority ethnic groups are reluctant to come forward and seek help? We still find that a majority of the, especially the referrals that we receive for support, are predominantly from white British backgrounds and people Mm. with white British backgrounds. So it's definitely um, a gap, and and that's obviously that this report was part of, of, of that teasing out that information really and we've been approached again in terms of how we can support people to access services because I think you're right there definitely is um, there's a, maybe a reluctance or um, a, 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 perhaps a, a, just a, a knowledge a lack of knowledge about mm-hmm. services that are out there so all of this really helps in promoting what we do and promoting how we can um, reach all people, regardless of their, their background, culture, So what, what more do you think you could do then? What ideas have you had based on the information in that report? So, I mean, we continue... So the, the, the report and the all the work that we've done to date, really, um, we've made a conscious effort in the way that we um, market, reach out to people across the whole borough. So we very much focused on our marketing directly to um, community groups, so mosques, churches, um, mm-hmm. LGBT community groups. And really, once we re- recruited one or two carers, they became our own champions. So sure. our work now is alongside our, our carer champions, if you like, to really continue that promotion and that, that dialogue um, directly to community groups. And so we're doing lots of work on how we can reach more um, groups, how we can make sure our information is sort of accessible and all the rest of that kind of that kind of aspect. So, um, yeah, it's a starting point for us, for, for sure, but we're, we're, we're working with our champions to, to continue I mean, that. To be fair, it's an ongoing thing. It's not going to happen overnight, as you say. It's going mm-hmm. to be a gradual process because the people that you want need to be the most appropriate people for your organisation, really. But, I mean, you, what made you change the staff that you employ then and become more inclusive? Because I guess that wasn't easy because where staff are concerned, you can't just sack people off. So, you know, that, that, that would have had to have been dealt with quite sensitively. Yeah, I mean, this really is the, the focus on shared life carers who are self-employed in the nature of their role. But when we um, developed, started to develop the service in Dudley and when we started to work with Dudley Council and, and their in-house and, and now you know, under the Camper Village Trust umbrella of shared lives, it was very clear that the makeup of the carers that, that were already belonging to the service were in the main white mostly female and at a certain age perhaps where their children had grown up left home and mm. so there was a definite sort of gap like I say in, in that so we re- really made an effort to to recruit carers from all backgrounds that were really reflective of 
the the the, the you know the, the world that we live in and, and our um, local community also. So, um, like I say, it was just it was a focus on being able to be as diverse as the community that we live in, but also to be able to offer that choice and mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion for people that are, are to access the service as well. So, and as you say, it's a work in progress always. So, um, but, but I mean, how easy was it for you to balance that that, that diversity? I mean, it's it's been it's been a, a, a slow growth in relative terms, I suppose. Um, but in um, we we. We've, once we we recruited the the, the shared life carers that became our champions, it, it, it's it's kind of it's become quite natural, um, and the conversations are happening quite naturally. Uh, so it, it's not been too difficult, and and it's ongoing. What positive difference has this made to the service that you provide, and you know your organisation as a whole? So, I mean, the report and the involvement of the, the report and the work that we have done, it's really been a, a great recognition of everything and all the, all the hard work and the endorsements of the team um, around the recruitment of black and Asian minority um, ethnic carers. And, and also, it helps with the ongoing promotion and recruitment of the service. It's increased the diversity across the scheme and the accessibility of services um, across all groups. So that only helps people looking for support and it allows us to always be more inclusive um, and it helps us promote the role, like I say, of shared lives carers to all, irrespective of backgrounds. What impact has COVID had on this? Because, you know, we're not out of the woods with it yet, unfortunately. Um, but this must have had an impact on the way that you, you know, you sort of, you know, engage with people. Yeah, for sure. So throughout the, the pandemic and particularly through lockdowns, um, um, we were part of um, a national project to adapt the way that we um, recruit and market and, and support and the approval process for our shared lives carers. So we were able to continue in an adapted way, like everything we've done really, and um, taking our processes to be more virtual than, than they were pre- previously. A lot of the work that we've done has always been very much you know, face-to-face within people's homes. So we were able to adapt and amend our processes so that we could continue um approving and recruiting shared life carers and where possible continue that ongoing support and matching and provision of services so it for sure you know impacted as it has for everyone but it didn't hinder us in in the sense that we had to stop what we were doing we just no but a I, bit more creative. I suppose it set a precedent as, as well going forward for the way in which you operate um because you know that you won't be able to have quite so many people together and so on and so forth and you may put your own personal uh, or your own sort of organisational practices in place to maintain people's safety as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, an ongoing daily sort of risk assessment and risk management process in, in terms of weighing, you know, how we could keep people safe versus, you know, the need for support uh, for people that, 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 you know, life doesn't stop, does it? But uh, no. we, we needed to no. manage that quite carefully and, and delicately, which which we did um, to be able to, to allow services to continue to those that needed it the most if my listener is sitting there thinking i think shared lives may be able to help me how can they find out some initial information so they can either give us a ring um or they can look on our website which has a, a whole host of information both for shared prospective shared lives carers but also for people that may um wish to to utilize the service we're also part of um the local Dudley information directory uh through Dudley council as well so if any kind of Google search would, would, would throw up um, 
uh, enough information, but we're always happy to talk to people on the phone and and explain more about what we do and how they can uh, access the service. Well, give your website a mention then, Kate. Okay, so our website is campillevillagetrust.org.uk and our telephone number is 01384-441-505. Right, 01384-441-505. That's it. And that's camphillvillagetrust.org.uk. That's it. Kate Morgan from Camphill Village Trust and Shared Lives, thank you very much for talking to Friday Night Live. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 8pm. If you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast, presented by Clive Payne and produced by Andy Caddick.